Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Sage Surratt opting out of the 2019 season. He's one of uh, several we've seen do so here in the past couple of weeks. Something I know Sean Salisbury's been talking about on Sports Talk 790, the Sean Salisbury Show. He just wrapped up, and he's kind enough to join us on the Technicom Hotline. Sean, how you been, buddy? Yeah, I got you. You got me down? Yeah, we got you. How you been, friend? I'm doing great, brother. Great to be on with you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of an obvious and and natural place to start. you got three conferences, Power Five conferences anyway, still trying to play football. We've seen some guys opt out already. Sage Surratt is the latest. Uh, I'd imagine, or I'm wondering, do do you think we see more of these guys following suit? Oh, yeah. I I don't think it's done uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, if we're talking high prospects, you know, draft prospects, I mean, I don't personally think, speaking of the college part of it, guys, we're not going to have the spring football in a Power Five. I don't. How are we pulling that off? How are we pulling off? I agree. Spring, spring football when when the college colleges tell us that well, we care about the kids' health, and they keep telling us this in this this uh, pandemic. Okay, so if you care about their health, uh, but we haven't, you know, what what about you know the the concussions and all the other injuries? We say, well. It's we can't have we can't even extend the, the 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 four playoff teams because well it's too much to ask of our college kids right well now they're talking about spring football and want to put twenty to twenty five games if it goes like it did for LSU last year that would be thirty games they were fifteen and zero so we're gonna have twenty five to thirty games in one calendar year for kids that aren't getting paid or on scholarship but we you're gonna preach this you care about their health. Mm-hmm. And then I look over. Then I look over here, like in the Southland Conference, or the oh, maybe it's the Ohio Valley, where we care about it, but we're going to play. You can't play conference games because the pandemic knows about conference games and it attacks people who play conference games. But you can play three non-conference games, and that's cool because the pandemic doesn't know the difference. <laughs> so it's just crazy. So yes, I get in college sports, whether it's basketball or football. Well, and I'm all, hey, if you're not feeling well, I get why they opt out just for health purposes, NFL-wise as well, or NBA or Major League Baseball. I get it. If my kids, if somebody came to me and asked well, what I would do, if my kids asked me, I'd say go play. If you're at SEC school, I'd say, go play. Um, there's enough stats that if you like it one way, you're going to hear what you want to hear eventually, and there's enough stats to say that you could play. So either way. So, no, it doesn't shock me, man. And if, if you're a guy like a Trevor Lawrence, you you did have to think long and hard about this, right? Yet he wants to play, and we know that. So, but none of them are playing come spring if you're an NFL prospect. So, 
it's 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 uh, I, I get it, and I will never ever judge somebody for not opting, not not, not wanting to play. But I sure as hell know that I'm not going to judge somebody who wants to play because I personally think we can play. If we're going to school, we can play football. That's just my opinion. But I want people safe, and it's just a little common sense and respect. Well, Sean, you, your your perspective mirrors mine. If it's not safe, don't play. But there are lots of right. smart people saying we can do this safely. And I said earlier, it's not as if these football players are being led into the stadium on a prison bus in shackles. They're telling you they want to play. And, you know, the ACC for especially saying, hey, we, we, we can manage this. We think it's doable. And if you want to opt out, do it. You know, they should remain yep. on scholarship and, and do what's right for them and their families. But, you know, this whole notion that what happened at Chapel Hill two days ago because they went back to remote learning, that now if you play football, well, this is just the uh, – is revealing these guys are essential employees and so on and so forth. Why does it have to be that? Why can't it be that both can exist at the same time, to your point? Oh, I'm 100% agree. That's, that's what it threw out this whole thing. I've never understood the lack. Listen, I'm not a – if I want to play football, doesn't mean I want people to die. Right. And if I don't want to play football, doesn't mean I want businesses to close down. I've always said, and I know people's first answer is going to be, well, we don't have any common sense. Well, that, that falls on the individual. As a North Carolina situation or schools like that, like Notre Dame going back to, you know, learning, non-class learning, not on-campus learning, well, it, it even creates more of a bubble for the football team. Because now they're not rubbing shoulders with a student that doesn't get tested every day. It, it, it even bodes more for they can play football because you can exist doing both. We don't have fans in the stands. There is testing. You've got to have common sense and respect. The player has to take some accountability. There's absolutely no question about it. To say, listen, I'm not going to go to that, you know, where, where eight of my buddies are hanging out at a restaurant bar. And I mean, you've got to be smart. And I understand what they're doing in North Carolina, but. That doesn't mean you still can't play football because now, like we said, it's almost a bubble that's been created without having a bubble because, well, your players now aren't in class with the same students that are doing it online because they're learning online. And it's like business. Listen, if you feel sick for the people who are not feeling well that, that COVID's affected, I, I 100% get it. But we also got to feel for the common sense. If you don't want to go to a business, the local pizza place in North Carolina in Chapel Hill, then if you're not feeling well, you should probably do what I would do for my 81-year-old mother. Stay home. Keep her home. Don't be around. So the respect goes both ways, and I'm not going to judge either. I wish businesses weren't closing down, and I wish people weren't getting sick, and the pandemic has affected both. But you know what? I don't understand why the kids and the parents don't have any seat at the table, Kyle. I don't. I've never understood that. Listen, I know it's their risk, and there is a calculated risk in everything we do. But I tell you, Trevor Lawrence is not responsible for my mom's health. When Trevor Lawrence goes, I am, and my mom is, and making sure you're not around people that may be, and wearing a mask when told to. I'm all for that, and the protocol of, of, of being safe and social distancing, all those things that are respect for your mother, somebody's grandmother. But, I, you know, the, the player who plays at the University of Texas, because he wants to go play, doesn't make him a bad guy that he's trying to kill somebody's grandmother in Rhode Island. He's not. And these kids are, well, they can go to war. They can, we're giving them the keys to the car at 16 years old. So we'd hope that, that, that they can be smart in some of their decisions, and some kids aren't, just like 50-year-olds or, or basketball players or a football player make stupid decisions on this sometimes. So I, I think there is a way to coexist. I would love it. But I can tell you this, that the parents, the fans, and the, the kids all deserve a seat at the table. It's not just somebody sitting in a suit that deserves a seat at the table or an expert that the doctors in the Pac-12 are telling me something different than the doctors in the Big Ten or if you go to Ames, Iowa, you, you, you can play. But if you're in Iowa, if you go to Iowa City, right down the interstate, you can't play because the pandemic knows the difference. 
Come on, man. There's got to be some common sense. That's why conspiracy theorists rear their head in something like this, saying, is it really about the health or is it about the money and the politics that go with it? And I think both are very relevant in this. Sean Salisbury, Sports Talk 790, former NFL quarterback, USC alum. He's with us on the Technicom hotline. What What is the most interesting storyline in this year's NFL season to you beyond will they finish the season? Uh, I think the most amazing one is Alex Smith. Yeah. And him, honest, I, I, first of all, is there a guy you'd root for more? Even before the injury, you know, being pushed out of San Francisco and then another number one pick who's pretty good in Patrick Mahomes. You have a great season. There's still no room for you. You go to Washington, you're in your mid-30s, and you have an injury that not only did you think you weren't going to play again other than him because of his great comeback story, there was talk you might lose your leg. And the guy has been cleared to play football. I, I just think it's, to me, he, we should already give him comeback player of the year. And there's not a guy in the league who has never, he's never pointed a finger. He's never asked somebody to feel sorry for him. He just has competed not only when he was healthy, but even to get through this. I think it's a phenomenal story that, I pray he stays healthy, but this is one of the great comeback stories we'll ever see in football. I, I think there's a lot of them. I mean, when throwing it out there, I'm anxious to see how Teddy does with Matt. I am. And Teddy getting the, when, you know, finally got the, the keys to the car back to him. I'm anxious to see, and I, I believe, and when I say anxious, I think Brady, if I said the over under on Tom Brady in Tampa, 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns, I'm taking the over. He had to babysit last year. He's got all these weapons. He hasn't had weapons like this in years. I actually think, and, and an aggressive coach in Bruce Arians, I think you're going to see Brady, and I think he, ironically, which is crazy, he still feels like he's got something to prove, and he'll be 43 soon here. So that one and the Cleveland Browns situation, with all this talent, what are we going to see? Mayfield, are they going to rear their head, or is it going to be the same old story in Cleveland? And there's all kinds of stuff. Can Mahomes continue to do this? I mean, Who's the next $40 million a year? Well, Prescott gets signed, all of them. But to me, the feel-good story is Alex Smith. And obviously, the pandemic's going to be a story. But, and no fans in the stands, or some fans in the stands. But I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and think about it. They had a guy throw, you know, had put up big numbers last year, but turned the ball over 30 times. You're not going to get that in Tampa. They become a real threat in the NFC South to the New Orleans Saints, having Brady and Gronk back and with those weapons. I think that's a... A, a big time story to watch this year. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Teddy and, and Matt Rule because you know you and I could go all day on this, but I, I can't keep you too much yep. longer. I I love Matt Rule. I love the hire. He hasn't proven a damn thing yet in the NFL, Sean. I'm very aware of that, but I love the hire. What is your perspective on Matt Rule? Because some people love him, some people seem to be very very skeptical. Where are you? I well, I was fortunate being here in Houston and Matt at Baylor. You know, every day there was we, you could you get it up close and personal. Even though it's in Waco, but you know what I mean. We talk, Texas is a pretty decent football state. I, I'm a, I've been a Matt Rule fan for a while. I think he's an NFL coach that understands the college game. So he's really back where I, I kind of believe he belongs. He knows how to recruit and all that stuff, which is proven. But I think he'll have that same effect on free agents. I think that the kids will love playing for him. But I think there's a toughness about him with accountability that he puts on him. And to do what he did at Baylor after what they went through, to put accountability not only on himself but on the university and on the players and turn it around. They had no business winning like they did, honestly. They didn't. They, yeah. they, they did not. So I believe he can have an impact. Now, what you got to do is be patient. We're in such a instant gratification that if they go 4-12 and 12 this year, people are going to say, he's no good. I'm with you. I lean on the side. If you'll let Matt Rule do his thing like they did at Temple and like they did at Baylor, then he'll turn around. you got to have players. I don't care if you're the best coach in the world. You don't have players, you don't, you're not winning. Give me an average coach with great players, 
they'll win. Give me a good coach with good players, then you're going to be in the playoffs with a chance in the tournament every year. So I'm a Matt Rule fan. I thought it was a great hire, and now we'll see how it turns out. And I'm going to tell you what now, you don't, Joe Brady, he got the right guy. He, he got the right guy calling plays. Now he's just got to fit it together. I like where they're headed. Now you just got to get the players in place. Matt Rule knows how to coach football. But key, he understands the room as well. They've got a guy who knows how to fix things. Matt Rule's a really good football coach. Sean, i got about 30 seconds. Give me a quick take on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I Efficient. Great learning experience watching after what he went through in Minnesota and to see Drew Brees operate. And then to have that success. I'm a big believer in the mental and the, 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 the confidence level. To have the success he had when Drew was out, is gonna, it's going to work wonders for him. Now he's got to realize he doesn't have quite the perimeter players that he had in New Orleans. He doesn't have to do it all himself. Get the ball to the guy behind you. He's pretty good, and I think he's going to be fine. But he does have the right coach. Follow Joe Brady's lead, Matt Rule. Teddy Bridgewater will have some success. Sean Salisbury, you're the man, buddy. You deserve a nap. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you, brother. Anytime. Thank you. <laughs>